Welcome to my party, we're just getting started A life is a dream or a nightmare scarring Hand me a drink cause I think I'm going all in Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever edition of the Red, Orange, and Blue podcast I am your host, the Mexanadian And boy, do we have a lot to talk about on this first episode What a week it has been for Detroit sports um, and first of all, we got to talk about it. First of all, it is the biggest thing in Detroit sports in a very long time, probably since my guess would be the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup last. Uh, and that is the Detroit Lions winning their first playoff game in 32 fucking years. They beat the LA Rams 24 to 23. And oh my God, what a feeling that is. Now, if you guys don't know, I am 25 years old or somewhere around that age. I stopped caring after 21. But they have not won a playoff game since I was born. Since before I was born. And since before anybody in any of my siblings have been born. Ever since any of my brother in law brothers-in-law have been born. There is not a single person in my family besides my parents, aunts, and uncles that were alive when the Lions last won a playoff game. And it's such an incredible feeling because there were, for the longest time, by people in my generation and the generation before me, there were times where a lot a lot of times that we were all thinking the Lions are never going to win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, you know? I'll be lucky if my kids could see a Super Bowl in their lifetime from the Lions. And while I we're not quite at the Super Bowl yet, this is a very good first step, and my God, could I not be happier about it. Everybody on that team played to the best of their abilities. Now there were the usual third quarter struggles from the defense and the uh, O-line, but the team kept it together. They stuck through it, and they got the fucking win. And props to everybody. St. Brown, Montgomery was a workhorse. He got the first touchdown of the game. He was such a big big part of that win obviously Laporta playing injured got a touchdown and it was god it was such an, I still don't have the words to describe it properly it was just an incredible incredible feeling to be able to witness that and I was watching it at the same time as I was the Red Wings game we'll get into the Red Wings in a bit but going back and forth I could tell just from both games that Detroit sports are starting to come back. Now, we do still have the Tigers and the Pistons to worry about. Don't worry about them right now. But they are still a factor in the Detroit sports getting back to where they are. The Tigers look like they're on the up and up. The Pistons, well, you know the gist with that. But hey, if the Pistons not doing... If the Pistons doing jack shit this season is what we had to sacrifice for the Lions to win the NFC North, win their first playoff game, and go as far as they possibly can in the playoffs, I can live with that. That is something I am 100% comfortable with living with. And everybody else is too. They made the sacrifice for the city of Detroit, and it is paying off fantastically Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes in three years have took the taken this team from a not even fringe playoff team to super potential Super Bowl contenders and do I think that the Lions are Super Bowl contenders well it's still up in the air because the defense still does still have problems that need to be addressed 
But my God, when this team is on, they are on and they could beat the best in the league. Now, thankfully, we do not have to go in and play Dallas. And Dallas, they got fucking dummied by Green Bay. So thank you, Green Bay. Never thought I'd say that in my life. You're not going to get out of the second round, Green Bay. But, you know, thank you. So we take on the winner of, who is it, the Buccaneers or it's either Tampa Bay or Philadelphia, I'm pretty sure. And I'm not going to lie, I would probably prefer Tampa Bay. Uh, and not even because Tampa Bay is like the weaker of the two. I mean, I believe I think they're the weaker of the two. There is a part of me that kind of wants to play Philadelphia because we know with Matt Patricia in charge of that defense, they ain't going to do shit. Or is he in charge of the defense? I can't remember what he's in charge of. I don't care about Matt Patricia in the first place. So with Matt Patricia in charge of whatever he's in charge of, it's dog shit and Philly has not been good since he took over. So it's it, it's kind of a toss-up, but I do think the Lions will stand a better chance against Tampa Bay. And like I said, this has all of the makings of the Lions doing whatever is possible to get this win, get to as far as they can into the playoffs. And you, if you've seen the video on, on the Lions' Twitter account, Brad Holmes was going fucking insane in the elevator at the stadium. Uh, Decker was incredibly emotional in his inter- post-game interview. You know, Hutchinson, St. Brown, Goff, they are all studs who are there not as a revenge game for the Lions because they were playing against Stafford, who Stafford, by the way, played fantastically. He played perfect this game, and that just kind of makes his victory all the more sweeter because of how good he played, and the Lions stepped up to the plate. They got two or three really good stops in the red zone, forcing uh, either punts or uh, no, not, it wasn't. You weren't not going to punt in the red zone, forcing field goals, and that is what won this game in the end. In the end, the Lions won this game because they didn't allow the Rams to convert in the red zone. They didn't allow the Rams to get that to get the points they needed to get over the red the Red Wings Lions. So I am just I'm super fucking excited. Like with after the game, I slammed a beer and did four shots of uh what did I do four shots of? I can't even remember. I think it was Jack Daniels. I can't remember at this point. I don't even know where the fucking bottle is at this point. But I was hyped and oh boy was the night this weekend in general was a fantastic night. And this team is looking to go all the way. Obviously, if you're a playoff team, you're looking to go all the way. But this team has something special in them that is making them believe they can go all the way. And if you believe, if they, this team believes they can go all the way and they play like they believe they can go all the way, they will go all the way. Mark my words, they will go all the way and play probably the 49ers or whoever the fuck is over there. I don't care. And if you if you thought that tonight was hyped for the Detroit Lions then imagine if they make the Super Bowl. Hell, imagine if they win the next round and then the next round and then go to the Super Bowl. There is not a single ticket you will be able to buy at Ford Field if the Lions make it to the Super Bowl because they'll be like $3,000. Like the tickets to this game at minimum for like Upper Bowl, I think, was like $500 to $700. Like unless you wanted to take out a second mortgage on your home, you're either going to this game by yourself or you just have an incredibly large amount of disposable income, which I, for one, don't have. So 
I guess it's just something that us Lions fans aren't. I mean, obviously, us Lions fans aren't used to this. Us Lions fans aren't used to the Detroit Lions being good. We aren't used to the Detroit Lions making the playoffs. And we aren't used to the Detroit Lions making the playoffs and having a legitimate shot to go far. And it is just such an incredible feeling. I cannot get over that. And I'm recording this right after the game. So them be my feelings. This is like my first thoughts. I haven't had time to articulate any words. And that's what I wanted this podcast to be about is my emotional reaction to things. And it doesn't get much more emotional than watching the Detroit Lions go from mediocrity to a basement and basement dwellers to Super Bowl potential contenders. And watching them win their first playoff game since before I was even alive, pretty far away from before I was alive, actually, it's just incredible to witness. I'm so glad I was able to witness it. You know, my my dad and was what my dad was watching this game. We were texting all day. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. My like just everybody that I know is so incredibly happy for this team. I am so incredibly happy for this team. This team is so incredibly happy for this team. And in the end, they have worked their asses off to make sure that us, the the fans of the Detroit Lions have something to cheer for. They have made sure to put the city of Detroit back on the map in the sports world. And they are doing it with confidence. They are doing it with swagger. They are doing it legitimately. You know, and there are people on Twitter right now saying that the refs help the Lions, which is pretty fucking classic for, uh, what a world to be in. You know, people are complaining that the refs helped the Lions. But it's a playoff game, you guys. It Like... A playoff, it's like that in every single playoff series in general, you know, except maybe baseball because I don't really like, I, I don't really know how the rules in playoff baseball works too much. Like, yeah, I watch baseball, but the little Tigers haven't been in the playoffs for Lord knows how long. And I don't care from really any other team. So I don't really watch the MLB playoffs. But regardless, it's like that. It's going to be like that in every single playoff game. Playoffs in every sport that I know of is going to be faster. It is going to be harder. It is going to be stronger. Play every single time. And if you don't step up to the plate, you cannot complain that you that the refs are screwing you. You cannot complain that your team isn't. You know, your team isn't playing well because at the end of the day, if you go into a playoff game thinking it's going to be just like a regular season game, you're going to get your shit running. And it's not even going to be close because, like I said, playoffs are a different animal. Playoffs do not care about what your team did in the regular season. It's why when we go into regular seasons, you know, you see see a lot of people say for these certain teams, the regular season doesn't matter. The regular season is just formality. The regular season is just there so that way our players have potentials to win awards, stuff like that. That is the only reason that playoffs exist for certain teams. It's like that in every other sports world. It's like that just every, every year for every sport. And when you go into a playoff series, like I said, thinking that it's just going to be like the regular season, and then you get these teams that are built for the playoffs, you're going to get your shit running. So, yeah, like I, this is just, I'm, I cannot 
express how happy I am for the Detroit Lions. I cannot express how happy I am for this fan base. And I cannot express how happy I am the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff beat Matthew Stafford's L.A. Rams. And wow, did he get booed when he ran out on the field. The L.A. Rams Twitter page tried to play it off. Like they sent out a... Uh, they sent out a tweet saying whose house or whatever, and then the Detroit Lions Twitter clapped back at the end of the game saying Jared's house, which is fucking great. Um, but yeah, it's such an incredible feeling. I cannot express that enough. I wish I could dedicate more time to it, but at the end of the day, but this whole this podcast is just me right now. If I had somebody else to banter with, it would go on for a while. But I, I can. I'm just gonna keep saying the same things over and over again. So with that, we're going to go into the Detroit Red Wings news. And what a week it was for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, they are currently, uh, what are they, 5-0-1, I believe. Yeah, they're 5-0-1. They are currently, currently have not lost a game in the regular season so far in 2024. They, well, I can't say that. They have not lost a game in regulation in 2024. That's what I meant to say, not the regular season. They have not had a regulation loss in 24. In 2024, and it has been a very decent run up to this point. So, this week the Detroit Red Wings took on it took on the Anaheim Ducks, the Edmonton Oilers. Well, I guess for talking this, whatever took on Anaheim, Edmonton, LA, and Toronto tonight, and they beat Anaheim three to two. It wasn't a clean win, but it was a win. They lost to uh, Edmonton three to two in OT. That wasn't a very clean game as well. They won one against LA five to three at home. That was a pretty solid game. Alex Lyon is him, and then tonight probably the hypest I have ever seen this team this season so far, and that was their four to two win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And oh boy, was this team hyped after that Andrew Kopkel. Oh my God, uh, running through the goals real quick. It was started out by Pontus Holmberg who put one in behind, who tipped one in behind Reimer. Reimer had a really good game this today, honestly. He had a fantastic game, much better than I think anybody ever thought he was going to, better than I thought he was going to. And Samsonov had a really good game this game today, too, especially coming back from the AHL and whatnot. You know, I was under the impression that this game was going to be a very high-scoring game. I was under the impression that this game was going to be, you know, a 6-5, game type, type of game. But no, both goalies locked down for their team, and you can't really put it up, put any of these goals on the goalies. Um, I know the Holmberg goal was just an unfortunate tip off of the skate from a point shot um, from Morgan Riley, I believe. But don't worry, the captain comes back and ties it up from Perron with a beautiful shot. Larkin's been on fire lately. Um, then Mitch Marner, he that was a, this was a bad line change on the Red Wings. Mitch Marner comes in. Uh, it, there was three Red Wings, and there was only three Red Wings on the ice at the time because there were he's a really bad line change, like I said, and he was left wide open. Nothing Reimer could do about it, and you know that was his 600th point, if I'm not mistaken, making him the fastest Maple Leaf to get to 600 points. Um, in yeah, he's 600 points in the least amount of games, and it was scoreless in the first. By the way, if you guys were wondering, that was all in the second. In the third period, nothing but the Red Wings here. Daniel Sprong on a broken stick play from Morgan Riley, I believe it was. It was either Riley or Lilligren, I can't remember. But they shot it in, broken stick, Debrinkit gets it to Sprong. Sprong, a half breakaway essentially, gets it gets out behind Samsonov, it's tied up. And then the goal that made the team go berserk, Andrew Kopp. Boy, has he been on fire these last few games. I don't know where he's been before that. 
but he's got three goals in three games, and it was a beautiful shot. He's got such a sneaky good shot. I don't know why he's just avoided using it. And maybe it's because of his matchups. I don't know, but his shot can be deadly. Um, sorry, that was a yawn. And then Lucas Raymond sealed the deal with his 12th of the season for an empty net. Making the final beef go 4-2. to two. Uh, Larkin hit his 17th t- tonight. Sprung with his 11th. Cop with his 8th. Like I said, Raymond with his 12th. And it was just an overall fantastic game from the Red Wings. That this it, There was a bit of some sneak, some issues here and there. There was This game was very turnover prone too. But you could tell the Red Wings played their hearts out. They played the best way they could in a game, mind you, where they didn't get to the ring until just over, I think like 90 minutes. I said, they, I think they said it was before the game was actually supposed to start. So they came in, no morning skate, very little warm up, just almost nothing except they literally got off the bus, went into the locker room, got dressed and went out there. That was literally what they had because they had to do that because I guess there was a mechanical error with their plane. And mind you, if you have, if you, this is just me and I'm no airplane mechanic or scientist or mathematician or whatever, but if you are in charge of maintaining a plane for a professional sports team, then I feel like it would be in your best interest and in your job description to make sure the fucking plane works before they need to use it. And I don't know what the problem was. We'll never know. But at the end of the day, how do you not have something? It's got to be something pretty big if you couldn't get it fixed before they needed it to actually use it. You know, so they were supposed to get in last night. They ended up getting in at like three o'clock this afternoon. Then they got stuck in Toronto traffic and it was just a bad time overall for the Detroit Red Wings. But oh boy, did they come out and the Toronto Maple Leafs played down to the Detroit Red Wings level. Because make no mistake, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a better team than the Detroit Red Wings. Well, it's arguable the Red Wings have better depth, but the Toronto Maple Leafs definitely have far more scoring power. And obviously also Patrick Kane got injured in the first period. Uh, It doesn't appear to be a uh, hip injury, which is good. And it's... It was unfortunate because Patrick Kane's been such a big part of the Detroit Red Wings offense as of late, but hopefully is they're hopeful that he can be back for the game on Wednesday. And I hope he'll be back for the game on Wednesday because, you know, I'm just I just want him to be back. Patrick Kane's been so good for the Red Wings as of late. And you can't like this team proves that they don't need Patrick Kane on this team to win. But Patrick Kane certainly helps. He's a legitimate superstar, and his chemistry with the Brinkett is second to none. So it's just something that this team like should have and would like to have. But at the end of the day, this they got it. The Red Wings got it done. They made Toronto pay for playing down to their level. Like it was clearly obvious, even after all of the shit happened with Detroit and the fact that they didn't get in get to the game until 90 minutes before puck drop, they still came to play. And it was shown that they wanted this win so badly after that Andrew Kopp goal, and the whole bench went berserk. Like, it was just an incredible, incredible time to be alive. And I just... 
you know, I'm 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 just happy they got the win. I'm happy the Lions got the win. And it's going to be a fantastic time for Detroit sports in the near future. Just, just wow. I'm just, I'm all lost for words. You know, the Red Wings win was great. The Lions win was better. And I'm, that's all I can say. I can't say enough about it with my current reaction. Maybe next time, next week when I come on this podcast, I'll be able to articulate things better. But now I want to get into what I want to do on every episode or at least most every episode. Uh, and that is a prospect report on current Red Wings prospects, because a lot of people don't know about most of our prospects now. And so I'm going to put a pull up on the official uh, Red, Orange and Blue podcast Twitter account, and you guys will be able to vote on which prospect out of four that I put up I will be covering. And I did one not too long ago, just for some people that follow my actual account at the uh, the underscore Mexanadian. Shameless plug, but it's my fucking podcast, so fuck you. And this one was on Sebastian Cosa. Everybody, want, a lot of people wanted to see about Sebastian Cosa. I had Danielson, Sanding, Pelka, and Casper up there. So, but Cosa came out with the win on this one. So we're gonna go over Sebastian Cosa today, and I like this one as the first one because Sebastian Cosa's probably got the most hype and or criticism around him out of all the prospects so far. Casper, maybe, but, you know, we've had Kosa in the system for as the same amount of time we've had Edvinson, I believe. So having Kosa be the first one is just kind of fitting. So as far as he goes, he's been playing phenomenally, phenomen- phenomenally? phenomenally in the AHL. Uh, he has held Grand Rapids in games that they shouldn't have been a part of, like their 2-0 loss to Rockford a few days ago. That was entirely, it was only 2-0 because Sebastian Kosa allowed them to, only allowed two goals in. And it wasn't even his fault from what I've seen. It, that game, the team did not play good in front of him whatsoever. Sebastian Kosa, that game could have 100% been a massive blowout game, and he didn't let it happen. He kept them in that game for as long as he possibly could, as Aiden, he's done that a lot. And I want to say this before I get into a bit more of a deep dive on Sebastian Kosa. People were upset about Eisenman bringing in guys like Lyon and Reimer when we had Kosa down in the AHL. And then they were mad at him when they when he signed Hutchinson to back up Reimer when both Lyon and Huso were out. Also, Huso is still out. Uh, they, From what I've heard, he's been near not nearing but he's been resting and getting healthier so hopefully he'll be back soon but people were upset that Kosa didn't get a shot and instead they went with Hutchinson but now I say to that because Jesper Wallstead who was the goalie people criticized Eisman for not taking because he was drafted two or three spots after Kosa in the first round and Wallstead was touted to be incredibly technically sound and more NHL ready than Sebastian Kosa was, and Sebastian Kosa was a bigger project than Jesper Wallstead was. So, uh, Wallstead got his first start against Dallas a few days ago, and it didn't go well. Jesper Wallstead got lit up for seven goals, and they kept him in, which is just horrible. Like, we've seen what that did to Patrick Waugh. It made him straight up quit uh, Montreal. So, I don't think Wallstead's going to do that, obviously, but... It goes to show that if you call a goalie up too soon, 
then it's just going to hurt them. And this has the potential to hurt his confidence because it was a seven-goal game that he was left out to dry for. So, all in all, people need to cool it on Eisman not calling Kosa up. Obviously, Kosa, yes, is playing very good in the AHL, but so was Wallstead. You know, the Wall Wallstead was doing better than Kosa was in the AHL, but Kosa's not ready for the NHL yet. You just got to take, let him, he's, you got to let him take time because goalies take far more time than any other position in the game. And that's not even up for debate. So, but anyway, Sebastian Kosa in 16 AHL games to 2.84 goals against 906 safe percentage and is 6-3-1. Now that's not due to him. That is my, made um, mostly due to the team. That is primarily due to the team in front of him not being very good. And he, from what I've seen, because I don't subscribe to AHL TV, I'm not going to pay like $70 to get every regular season game. That's not going to happen. But it's he is coming along very well. He has seemed to clean up his game from his time in the ECHL, where he was just dominant in the ECHL, by the way. He was killing... He went on a 15-game win streak. So it was... And then he had a 917 save percentage in the playoffs, in seven playoffs games. So he is definitely getting back into the swing of things. He's getting into his groove. And it's going to be interesting to see him come up. Because personally, I think they sh- if Lyon continues to play into next year, the play- current plays that he's having into next year, which Alex Lyon, he is as of right now the bona fide starter, and it's not even close. Like, Huso would have made it interesting. Was go- He looks like he was starting to make it interesting. He was starting to get back into his groove, but then he injured him. Then he got injured. And Alex Lyon, he started like seven straight and just dominated for all of them. Like, he was the primary reason. I think Detroit won the LA game. They won the, and uh, they went to overtime the Edmonton game. And they ended up winning the Anaheim game. Like, Alex Lyon is the bona fide starter at this point. And I really hope he continues that play into next season because if he does, I want Detroit to re-sign him for longer because that way we have the potential to have a Kosa Lions signing and that's just got to be the goofiest tandem in the league. Like, I don't know two goofier people to be together. Like, Alex Lyon is the biggest goof. I'm sure everybody's seen that video of him from uh, the LA game just staring into the camera right at John Keating, essentially. So... I want that to happen, but Sebastian Kosa looks like he is coming along very well, and he's got to, because with Trey Augustine and even guys like Carter Islander, which I'm still surprised that Detroit has not tried to sign him yet, but Trey Augustine is doing phenomenal as well. We'll probably do a deep dive on him. Uh, Sebastian Kosa looks like the guy, and he's very, he's starting to get more technically sound. Like, he's not going to be as technically sound as Wall said ever, but he's incredibly athletic. And he can make he he makes big saves when needed. And I th- I don't know if he has the potential to be a Vesna candidate when he comes up. But at the end of the day, is any goaltender really a Vesna candidate until they've been in the league for a few years? Right? Like you can't tell me that an AHL goalie in the AHL is Vesna candidate caliber until they come into the they go into the show and they play NHL games and they win NHL games and I don't know if Sebastian Kosa will ever be on that level but there is potential there's potential for any goalie to win the Vesna and I believe Sebastian Kosa can do it it's just a matter of if he does do it um 
Now, it's going to be interesting to see where the Red Wings go with him, though, because he'll probably be in Grand Rapids for another year or two just to hone his game. But there is a potential for him next season to be a potential call-up if a goalie gets hurt. Because next year, it's likely going to be, not Reimer and Husso, Lion and Husso. Because, let's face it, Eisenman's not re-signing Reimer. It's just not going to happen. But so it's going to probably be Lyon and Huso, and he may or may not re-he may or may not sign a goalie. Um, you know, he might just re-sign Hutchinson and have him stay in the AHL as a third goalie, or he might just sign another three goal third goalie in general. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what they go with. But Sebastian Coase is definitely someone that I wanted to, that I'm glad I got to highlight. Um, because like I said, I don't think he's nearing an NHL debut, but there is a potential for him to be a, a call up for injury next season. So that is going to be all for this episode of the red, orange, and blue podcast. The first ever episode of the red, orange, and blue podcast, leave a rating wherever you guys listen. You can listen to this on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Acast itself. And I am so happy to be doing this new project, you guys. I'm so happy that people are going to be listening to this new project. And I am so happy that I get to talk about one of my true passions in sport, Detroit sports. So go Lions, go Red Wings. Pistons, keep losing, please, because we need you to continue your sacrifice. So that way these two sports teams can make their runs and make their pushes and Let's just keep the hype train going, you guys. Let's keep the Detroit sports hype going because Detroit sports are coming back with a motherfucking bang and they are going to cruise and push and not cruise. They're going to fight. They're going to push and they are going to bully their way to the tippity fucking top of this sea of this of, of sports. They're going to push their way to the top of whatever sport they're in. The Lions are going to push and bully their way to the top. The Red Wings are going to push their way to the top, and it is going to be a fantastic era for Detroit sports. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope you all have a fantastic day, and I will talk to you guys later. Adios. Welcome to my party. We're just getting started. A life is a dream.